If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello again. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I'm delighted to be back with you for another episode. Um, we're having a heat wave. I think there's a song about that. But, uh, we are definitely in the midst of a heat wave. For those of you who've been listening to me for a long time, you'll, um, you'll recall that it, it, didn't, it wasn't that long ago that I was talking about miserable, cold, wet, rainy weather. And now out in the street here in Ontario, you hear nothing but people complaining about the heat. Not me. I will never complain about warm weather. But I have my air conditioning on, which is interesting because, you know, years for, for, for my first 45 years of my life, I lived in England and we never had air conditioning. We never had air conditioning in cars. And when we first came out here, in the mid-1990s, I was just blown away with, with what AC was, particularly in a vehicle. Now I couldn't imagine getting into a car in summer without having AC. So it just shows that I've, I've got completely spoilt. And I don't know. I just, I, I won. I'm sure we had, a hot, we had a hot weather in England, but uh, maybe it just wasn't as humid as it is here. But anyway, weather's gorgeous and we're fast approaching summer. We already have oh probably each each weekend now probably somewhere between 50 and 80 families going into properties and it's only a couple of weeks away from from the start of the big heavy season where we'll see maybe 130 140 families arriving on a Saturday in a property to enjoy their vacation. So we're really looking forward to that. She says, honestly, I am. I am. I just hope the weather stays good and we have some really nice sunny Saturdays through the summer because I know what it's like when, uh, when, the, when the weather's rainy, wet, cloudy on a Saturday afternoon at four o'clock and you've got a family arriving at a property Maybe the weather forecast is not good for the rest of their week. You know, it's human nature. You want to blame somebody. That's when, that's when our complaints start rolling in. And we, we understand. We know how tough it is when, when this happens. But anyway, that, uh, let's, let's set that on one side because that's not what I'm talking about today. What I want to talk about is websites because... A couple of weeks ago, on the Vacation Rental Formula Facebook group, uh, one of our members, Sanjeev Sadhu, asked a very, very simple question. What are the key elements for an amazing website? And I thought, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. That's a super question. What a great topic for a podcast. It seemed really easy. I could write, I could talk about having a great homepage amazing photos, um, easy to access rates and availability, an amenity list, 
uh, one of my favourites and about us page, a frequently asked questions page, a blog with consistently delivered posts, quality content, of course, and easy navigation, all with really well-written copy. Couldn't be easier. But given that list, most owners could start creating a website without too much difficulty. You know, if you haven't got one already, and, you know, stepping back a little bit, you know, this episode really is for, for those who are planning to build a new website or who want to make some changes to your current one. This episode could definitely be for you because having thought about all these elements for an amazing website, I then came across a post on the Say No to VRBO Facebook group and it gave a completely different perspective on it because it was from the perspective of a guest looking for a property and perusing a number of websites. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole post now, but I'm going to put a link to it and I think you may have to join the Say No to VRBO Facebook group to to actually get a look at the whole post and all the amazing responses that there have been to it. But that's no bad thing if you want to to, to join that Facebook group. Uh, ign- I don't say ignore the title of it, Say No to VRBO, because that's that's how that group started. It was more of a it was more of a group to bring together those who were not happy with what was happening with um, with VRBO charging the traveller fee. But it has gone on to, to become a really powerful group for owners to get together to contribute their ideas and suggestions on ways of becoming independent. And we talk about this all the time. You know, we talk about listing site independence and, and this group has some fabulous ideas. So... If, uh, if you want to see this, uh, this full post, then head on over there and I'll put the link in, in the show notes. But when I saw that post and I, I read through it and I read all the responses and I thought, well, this would be a good idea to get the poster on the podcast and ask her some of the questions that, uh, that I was going to be addressing in this episode anyway. And, you know, th- things like, you know, as a guest, what do you look for when you're looking at a website or when you're planning a trip? What does she think websites are lacking? So I've got a bunch of questions and I'm really delighted that Danica Thornburg Cornell could could join me. So without further ado, let's go, go on over to the short talk that I had with Danica. Okay, so I'm pleased to have with me Danica Cornell. Um, who ha- is joining me from, from where, Danica? Whereabouts are you located? Alabama in the United States. Wonderful. And where about, you've got your own vacation rental property, right? I do. It's in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Okay. Where's Fort, where, where is Fort, well, Fort Walton Beach, for those of us who are, who are not? Sure. Fort Walton Beach is on the Florida Panhandle, and we are the next town over from Destin, which is much more well-known than Fort Walton Beach. Okay, that's that's perfect. I have actually been down there. I've been down to there's a uh, there's a state park in that area. A uh, top sale. Yes. Yeah. Is that is that nearby? Yeah, we're about thirty minutes from there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, beautiful part of the world. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, the reason I wanted to talk to you, Danica, was 
the post you wrote on Facebook. I, I was just preparing to do this web with this podcast when I came across the post, and I thought, well, this is really topical because you posted that made a post on another Facebook group asking, as you in in quotes, asking blindly for rentals over Thanksgiving. You mentioned a state you wanted to visit, but you wanted some fresh ideas on location. What is it that you actually look for when you're looking at a website for vacation rentals to start with? This scenario was a little unusual because typically uh, when I would look for a vacation rental, I would have already had a location of where I wanted to go picked out. But for this particular time, I mean, obviously, since I have a condo on the Florida Panhandle, um, I've been just about everywhere that there is to go on the Florida Panhandle. So I've wanted some new scenery. Um, And I don't really know. I know there are a lot of beaches in Florida, but I didn't know, you know, where to go. And I really just wanted some folks from our group to throw some ideas at me. Um, So this was different because I wasn't really looking for a location. I was really letting the location find me. So it was a little backwards. But I found out when I started looking that the location was the first thing that was not very apparent on the owner's websites. Do you know, I've come across this on so many other websites myself. When I might have a state in mind if I'm coming down to the U.S., but really have no, because I don't know the country, and, and it up will come something like Bradenton Beach. And I think, well, I don't even know what state that's in, let alone whereabouts in that state it is. So did you, did you find that on a lot of sites that the location wasn't obvious? I did. A lot of times people would state the location, like you mentioned, some certain beach, but I didn't know where that was. And so I would find myself having to leave their website to go to Google Maps to type that in to figure out where it was. So after I did this on four or five sites, I became a little frustrated. On many of the um, websites that I visited, there were a lot of pins on the website where people had pinned um, their favorite restaurants and their favorite parks and their favorite places to visit. And there were so many pins on there, you know, I had to scroll in really far to really see where their place was located and then when I scroll in that far I really couldn't see where they were in the big picture so I think that there is such thing as a a location or a map that has too much information as well Um, I was really trying to places I could visit based on the driving distance so I really just wanted to see that one pin of the property location to determine if if it was a drivable distance for me. Well, well, what else would have helped you? Because you you, you want to know if it's a drivable distance, but you also want to know about the things that you can do when you get there. So how would that be best shown on a site? So I really wasn't too much concerned with um, the list of things to do at that point. Once I figured out if something was in my drivable location. The next thing that was important to me was having a, you know, a pretty place. I wanted to see some nice, bright photos with some, you know, maybe some lovely paint colors. Uh, And what I would find was, you know, cell phone pictures, um, pictures, you know, not really taken with a wide angle lens where you just see one small slice of the room, but you don't really get a feel for the property. 
And then I found, you know, many of the websites that had, they would have thumbnails for the picture. So it was small picture and you couldn't really get much detail from it unless you clicked it. So you would have to click that one picture and then when it would load, then you have to click off of that screen and then go back to the main screen and click on another picture and then let it load and then click off. You know, it would have been really nice if some of these sites can just show me all the pictures at once, show them to me in a nice big um, format and let me just scroll through the pictures. I think that a lot of the vacation rental owners we're, we're trying to get our own websites and and gain some independence from some of the listing sites that are now charging the fees. And I think that we may be getting caught up a little bit in, uh, oh, this, this website looks really cool and look at all the neat things that it can do. But we've maybe lost some of the beauty of just simplicity of just showing the information in a very organized and simple way um, that is presented elegantly, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I was really turned off by a lot of the flashiness um, pop-ups. There was weather information. You know, I don't care one bit what the temperature today is in Florida. I really care about what the temperature is going to be over Thanksgiving when I visit. And so the weather is there, but it wasn't really useful information to me on the day that I'm booking my my site. So once I got the location out of the way and then found something that looked like it would be suitable for my family, you know, after I sleep, I won't even start looking for things to do in the area until really I've got my place booked. I mean, I will use the map to kind of scroll in and see, you know, are there restaurants around? Um, does there look, you know, is there a a large city somewhere nearby because that will tell me that there are definitely going to be things to do and of course you know if you're visiting the beach in a touristy location you kind of know that there are going to be things to do and one of the things that I kind of like about a vacation is really I don't like to over plan too much I kind of like to go with just a clean slate and uh, that's sort of the of the adventure to me is when I get there exploring what's there and then choosing you know after i see what my choices are yeah that's that's an interesting way of looking at it because there's going to be other people of course who do over plan and who want everything planned before they go when, when i first started looking at at, at um, websites you know the, the, there's a sort of cookie cutter approach which which means everybody has the same website or very similar website doing exactly the same thing but then that's not going that might appeal to you but it might not appeal to me so, um, right. So, yeah, that's what got me off on, on this, this, this whole tangent. What else do you think that most of these websites you looked at was lacking? I think you mentioned, um, uh, you mentioned a pool. You mentioned the amenities and wanting to be able to see amenities yes. straight away. Yes, thank you for reminding me about that. Um, because we were going over the Thanksgiving period, I really wanted to know if they had a heated pool. And on many of the websites... I really didn't see a whole lot about amenities at all, so I was I was able to figure out if if many of the web or many of the vacation rentals had a pool just by looking at pictures. But I felt like this was really important information for someone for someone to have on their website, it's, you know, particularly not just a pool, but whether or not it's heated. Do you have a hot tub? 
you know, what are the amenities of the resort itself? They should definitely be spelled out because, you know, a lot of times, like, I would have to go back to the post and ask the, the owner that posted the link there for me, do you have a pool? Well, that's kind of important. It, it just seems like to me that we're getting so hung up in trying to have all of the things that you can do and all the updates and all of the you know of local events and the um, happenings around town that we're forgetting that first and foremost people need a place to stay so I think it's totally okay for you to and, and I think it's wonderful for you to have all of the information about what's going on around town and things to do but I really feel like that comes second to what is your vacation rental about? People can't do things in the area if they don't have a place to stay. So finding a place to stay is the most important and then finding the things to do when you get there is the next most yeah. important. It's interesting because I'm looking at I'm looking this evening I was looking at places in the Turks and Caicos and thinking about next February when when it's it's snowing. I'm up in Canada by the way, so uh, we, you know, it's from from December to April. We're under a lot of snow, and I was going through the same thing because I've never been to Turks and Caicos, but I do want to find the comfortable accommodation first, and then go and look at um, what to do. So, so that that was that's interesting. It was very similar. Um, Danica, what did you choose in the end? Did you choose something? Yes, I did. I'm going to Santa Maria Island. Um, we found a lovely condo that has a view of the pool on one side and a view of the beach on the other side. So we will be able to sit out on the patio and watch our children swim in the heated pool. That's fantastic. And was it the website? Did the website sell that to you? He, this owner had a really good website. Um, I didn't realize that he had a view of both the beach and the pool until he specifically told me. <laughs> Uh, but I definitely could, I could see the view of the heated pool from the patio. I learned that from his picture, not from his text. So he probably could stand to uh, sell his unit a little better on his website, but he did have a very good website. He had some nice photographs and um, the website wasn't too cluttered. Uh, and I didn't feel just overwhelmed when I clicked on his website. Yeah, that was something else I got from from what you wrote in that post that you fe you felt that some of these websites were far too cluttered. You, you said more is less, or less is less is more. More is less. Less, less, is, less is more. Less is more. <laughs> and uh, so, and, and if, in fact, I was looking at a website earlier on tonight, and I and I, I I clicked away from it because there was so much text. Right. I clicked on one owner's site, and she was describing the coffee cups that she had in the cupboard, and you know. I tell you, I'm a busy lady, a full-time job, and I have a vacation rental myself. Um, I just do not have time to read all of that, and so you just you lose interest. I really do think that less is more. To cover the basics and what is important, and that is enough, I think, for plenty of information on your website. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing this because it's not often that, that we hear from from guests to, to to say what they are looking for and go through that going through that process of finding a property so it was absolutely just delightful that uh, that you agreed to come on and uh, and tell us about it thanks danica well thank you for having me heather i really appreciate it 
That was a great conversation with uh, Danica, and it gave us a lot of food for thought, really, on what we put in a website and how we present it to our guests. And I guess we've got to go back and start really from the beginning. You know, who are these guests that we, we, we want to come to our properties? Do we know their persona? If you've been listening to some of my recent podcasts, you know I've been talking fairly regularly about the importance of defining your personas. So if you go back to the conversation I had with Danica when she said she's she's the sort of she's a sort of vacationer who doesn't like to plan too much. She just wants the accommodation, she wants some general idea of where the property is and its general location with reference to driving distance from things like a like shopping and restaurants and things to do but she doesn't need to know the details of those because she's going to look at those later and of course that on the other hand you have the type of person who does the exact opposite who wants absolutely everything planned out before they go on a day-to-day schedule and we've certainly heard this from some of the guests who come to uh, to our cottage rentals up here in Ontario, they they want to know well before they go what days they're going to rent a boat, what days they're going to to go out and look at some of the act uh, some of the attractions in the area, what days they're going to go on a boat trip. So they want this information up front and they've told us that they want to have it on the website. So it's like a one-stop shop. But of course we have this issue that as, as somebody said recently to me, but does this mean I'm duplicating all the tourism websites directly onto my site? Because that seems like a huge amount of work and it's a lot of content. So so that's something, just, just one of the things I just want to follow up on in, in the next sort of 20 minutes. I'm just going to go through some of my thoughts on what Danica was saying and and then I'm going to wrap up with my list of what I do think is essential for a website. So a few things that she said that really um, stuck out for me, because I think I've seen these on many websites. Number one is location. And in the comments on Danica's post on the Facebook group, there are many, many people who say exactly the same. You know, why can't people put what state they're in? Do they just expect everybody to know where they're where they are located? And and this is this is interesting because I, I suppose once again it depends on where the majority of your your guests are coming from and what you perceive and expect them to know already. So I mean let, let's take one example. If you're just going to put Disney, Walt Disney World do you need to put that it's in Orlando, Florida? Probably not. You know, that's that's a sort of universal understanding of where that is. But you know, there's two Disneys. There's one in Florida and one in California. And somebody who's never been to either might get confused as to the difference between Walt Disney World in Orlando and Disneyland in California. Two, two very separate places very far away from each other. So so yes, maybe it is important to include 
these things because not everybody knows what you what you know. And and I mentioned um, another example I'll mention, and and it's from Alabama. You know, that's where Danica's is from. I go down every year to Gulf Shores State Park in Alabama, but I've and and there's a lot of properties, a lot of vacation properties in Gulf Shores. And I've seen a couple of websites that simply say Gulf Shores. It doesn't state Alabama. And and if you're familiar with that area, it's actually a very narrow stretch of oceanfront that's actually in Alabama. And to um, to the west, you have to cross the, the water by ferry to go to, to Dauphin Island uh, and then on into Mobile if you're just traveling um, west along the coast. And if you're traveling east, it's not very far out of Gulf Shores where you go through um, Orange Beach and then you're into Florida. So don't expect people who are coming to your website to know where you are. It's so important that you put the the location in a way that people who have never heard of you will understand. So that was a great point. The second point that Danica made was about photos. And of course, we all know you've got to have the stunning photos. But it's not just the quality of the photos that is important. It's the way they're displayed. And I, the moment she said, or she started talking about having to click here and the photo enlarges, and then you have to click away and then go to the next one. And I really understood what she was talking about. And it's what the big sites do really, really well. If you go to a listing on HomeAway and you can, you can look at photos in, in two places. You can have them, they're, they're right at the top of the listing and you can use the arrows to scroll the photos or you can go all the way down to the foot of the page and see all the photos displayed and just click on each one when they'll enlarge, but very, very quickly. So it's not just the photos, it's the way they're displayed. So when you're choosing a gallery to display your photos, really think about it. Really think about the ease of use for your site visitors. Are they going to get frustrated very quickly because of the time it's taking them to click on a photo, have it enlarge, and then have to go out of that to click on the next one? So so Danica mentioned, you know, it's it's less about all the bells and whistles and more about elegance and simplicity. So I really, I really took on board what she was saying on that one. And she did go on and say, you know, are we, are we getting caught up with too many bells and whistles? The pop-ups, for example. The other thing she mentioned that was really relevant was the, the amount of websites that have the weather on them. And she says, quite rightly, I don't want, I'm not interested in what the weather's like today. I'm more interested in the climate. So my thought is instead of having an annoying weather pop-up, which tells you what the weather is on the day you book, but not on the day that you actually leave on vacation, which is probably not a time when you're going to go back to that website and check the weather forecast. You're more likely to use any you know, weather network to, to check the weather, not go back to the original property website. So what is the point of having a current weather map on it? More importantly, we'll be having a separate page that's dedicated to climate if it changes month by month. 
And in most places, there are, there are distinct changes of climate. You know, I remember going to, to Costa Rica and I wanted to know what the climate was going to be in February. And it tells me it's very dry, but it does, it, it, quite often, there is rain in the afternoon, which is very short-lived. And when we first went to the Bahamas and I found out, not on the website I found the property on, but on another website, that in February it can, it can be quite windy. And, and that was important. It could have been a real shock to get there and thinking, thinking I was going to have this beautiful Caribbean weather every single day and then to find out that the winds can be extremely strong at, at times. So instead of having weather, weather forecast pop up, just have a page that's dedicated to climate, what, what it's like in the different months of the year. Is there a rainy season? Is it going to get cooler in the evenings? I and mean, for us, you know, how cold can it go? Uh, how cold can it be in February, March in, in Ontario? Um, we definitely include a, a climate page on our own website. So with regards to what's useful and what's not useful on a website, I'm probably thinking that most things are useful, but it all depends on how you lay it out and how simply and elegantly it's structured so that the content is there, but it's not in your face if you don't need it. So to go back to, to Danica's comment about amenities, you know, for her, amenities were very important. It was important to know if the pool was heated uh, at Thanksgiving, which is when she was going to go. And yes, I can completely understand that. But if you're advertising a Florida property, perhaps you don't even think about that as being something that people want to know. So once again, it goes back to how you have identified your personas, the people who are looking for your property, and what it is they actually really, really want to know. So on Danica's point about less is more, let's just touch on text for a moment because I w I've been looking at a lot of properties recently. I'm looking for next February's trip to the sunshine and I really don't know where I want to go. You know, we've looked at Nicaragua, we've looked at Panama, we're looking at the Turks and Caicos or maybe Anguilla. And I've been to a lot, I'm going to VRBO because I want to look at the selection of properties. And then once I found them, I'm then going out to look to see if I can find an owner's website because I know I'm going to find much more information on there that any home away VRBO Airbnb listing is going to give me. And I also don't want to pay the traveler fee. So I'm, I'm one of them. I'm going to book directly with an owner um, because of those few things. I want to get the relationship with the owner. And number two, I don't want to pay that traveler fee. But when I get to a website, I do want to see comprehensiveness. I want to find out where the best beaches are. I want to find out where the restaurants are. I want to know driving distances and where I can go for shopping. But I don't need that in your face at the outset. It doesn't all need to be packed on the home page. And it's, so it's all about navigation and making that information easy to access, but not right up front. I'm 
hope I'm making sense here. And I'm, I'm definitely looking at this from my perspective as a guest and drawing in some of the comments that Danica made as well. So in regard to less being more, is less more, the arguments for and against are, are, really, are really moot. It's a moot subject because you can provide a huge amount of content on your website. You've just got to make it accessible for people who actually want it and not cluttered up for those who don't. So, for example, you know, it, well, it's all about your, your navigation system and organizing all the information you want to put in there in different nav bars. And you can have them you can have the main nav bar along the top and then you can have sub menus below that. You can also, with WordPress, you can put additional information in your footer. And that's what I'm looking at at the moment for, for our website is additional information like terms and conditions, um, frequently asked questions, the contact us page and maybe the about us page are all down in the footer. They don't need to be up top uh, as long as people can find them easily. But that is a personal, again, a personal preference. And that's a lot of what I'm talking about at the moment is actual personal preferences for me and for other people that I've spoken to about websites. So having said all that, let's just go back to what the key elements of a website are. And once again, this is my personal opinion. It, it is not, maybe not to everybody's taste. But I would say number one is a great homepage with the location showing up really clearly right at the, right at the top or somewhere within the page above the fold. And if you don't understand what above the fold means, it means what you see on the page when you click on it, when it opens up. If you have to scroll down, then you're going below the fold. And of course, you've got to consider that a lot of people will be looking at your website on a mobile device. So they could be on an iPhone. So make sure you know what's showing above the fold on a mobile device as well and ensure that your location is there. And really that does mean putting your state or even your country. I've, I've been to a lot of Australian websites which give no indication that the properties are in Australia. And I've sort of come across them because I'm, I'm looking for, for some weird location for my February vacation. I definitely don't want to go to Australia. I know it's summer there, but it's, I, I, I have limited time and I don't want to spend it all traveling. So although I'd love to go to Fiji, um, that, uh, that, that's probably not on the cards next year. But what I don't want to do is to be spending my time pouring over sites and accommodation that looks absolutely fantastic and then find that I'm, I'm on the ocean road near Melbourne. So make your location really clear. And, and remember that not everybody who comes to look at your website and the front page knows where your location is, even if you think it's incredibly popular. Just, just remember that there are some people, and I met somebody in an airport recently who had no idea what Airbnb was and they didn't know what a vacation rental was. So just because we're immersed in all this doesn't mean that everybody else is. Just because you're immersed in your location doesn't mean that everybody else is. So 
your homepage should have the location. It should have really good navigation and links to all the other pages that people can want, want, need, need to get to. Definitely has links to your uh, rates and availability, your amenities, and uh, your photographs so that guests can easily find information on your property. So secondly, amazing photos is great. But as I said earlier on, and I'm not going to repeat this, it's important about how you display the photos is just as important as having the great photos. So think about that. Your rates and availability need to be up to date, accurate, and easily accessible because that's going to be the page that people go to almost immediately. An amenity list. What is in your property? What is it that you've got that people who are looking for a place like yours are, are looking for? You know, as, as Danica said, a, a heated pool. If your persona finds a heated pool is a really important thing at the time they're going to go, then make sure that heated pool is at the top of the list and that your amenities are on a page that people can access without having to scroll down paragraph after paragraph of text. So make it a separate page and let people go find it and just see a bulleted list of what's available. I mean, that's, I, I spend ages on sites looking to see if it has unlimited Wi-Fi because that's of high importance to me. Your About Us page is really, really important. It, it tells your guests who you are, why you love the place so much and why you want to share it with them. So not going to say much more about that either, but it's just really important. Go and find some really good about us pages and emulate those. The ones that you like are probably the ones that your guests are going to like too. I like a page of frequently asked questions and I'm adding to my FAQs all the time. Every time a guest asks another question, it goes on to the FAQs. So when a guest does come with an email and asks a question, then they get directed to the FAQ page. But the other huge benefit of having a frequently asked questions page, you can put on your FAQ page the questions that people are asking on Google. So when somebody says, you know, how, what are the fish, what, what fish are in the lake, which is a question we get asked all the time. So if I was creating a frequently asked questions page for one of my cottages, I would put in my FAQ, what fish are in Belmont Lake? And that is a long tail, that's long tailed keyword, fish in Belmont Lake. People are actually searching for that. So if they're going to put that term into a Google search, there's a high likelihood that my page is going to come up. My frequently asked questions page is going to come up with the answer to that. And then once they're on, then once they've come over to the website to take a look at my answer, they are there. And I'm going to make sure that my page is interestingly interesting enough to capture them. Um, next is um, a blog, a blog with consistently delivered posts. So this is where you can put a ton of your content. Um, you can write content for your blog on a regular basis. And from that content, from that blog, you can have 
evergreen posts. This is the content that you can direct people back to, to your site over and over again. So it's uh, an evergreen post is something that is equally relevant, whether it's written today or whether it's written two or three years or read two or three years down the line. So for example, a blog post on what's the weather like in different months. What's the weather like in June? What's the weather like in July? You can intersperse those posts with many, many others. Uh, what's the weather like in February, March in um, Eleuthera? So that could be just a, a blog post, but it is also evergreen content that anytime somebody's looking for what the weather is like in a particular month, in a particular place, you once again may uh, maybe driving traffic to your pages. So following on from that comes from quality content. Have some pages that are on the 10 best things to do in your area. Uh, I know Danica was a little bit um, negative about doing this in her original Facebook post, but I think it's, I think it's great to have that content so that if people are interested, they can find it. If not, they can ignore it. But I know that Alan Egan uh, recommends this in his, um, in all his website, in all his website tutorials, that having this content is SEO juice. It will bring people ultimately back to your website when they ask a question that you've answered with your quality content. Then easy navigation, as I've mentioned, really think about navigation and how easy it is for somebody to go through your site, making sure that what they need to know is most easily accessible. So, so that to me would be the primary menu, which is for your, your rates and your calendar, amenities, and then maybe things to do and blog. And then under that comes all the sub menus. Anything else? Yes. And of course, well-written copy and not too much of it. I went to a site, a site yesterday. It was a great site, but there was so much text on the homepage and my particular bugbear, it was white text on a, gr deep, a deeper gray background, which I couldn't read because I have astigmatism like 50% of the population. Please don't do it. Don't put white text on a gray background or a black background because you're instantly turning off 50% of the population, even if they don't know why they've been turned off. It's because this is not readable or it's not easily readable. So just another one, do a little bugbear that I have. Okay, I think, I think that, oh, let's have one more. And that would be some, something that, I've, I've realized recently is so important. If you can do it is to have a floor plan. My, my company, Cottage Link Rental Management, has just purchased a Matterport camera, which is a 3D camera. Uh, incredibly easy to use, quite expensive, but just amazing in, the, in, in what it produces in terms of a 3D schematic of a property so that somebody can actually walk through every room. And I'm going to put a link to my cottage, my, my Matterport 
uh, imagery of my own cottage. I'll put that in the show notes and you can take a, take a look at that because uh, if, if you can find anybody who has a Matterport camera and who would rent it to you for a couple of hours, you know, just, just doing that, I would pay three or $400 to have that done or you can do it yourself. Just an amazing, uh, just just an amazing thing to have on on your website. We're trying to do it with as many prop- properties as we have at the moment with our camera. I do believe that's that's it for the moment. I'm sure you can add on other great elements you think should be on a website. I am producing a much more comprehensive action plan for the vacation rental formula website. Um, which is our training website where you can go and and find short courses on a whole variety of topics um, just just for one annual fee. And we are we've been a bit lax in adding new action plans recently, but we're just getting back to adding them monthly. So there's about um, eight or ten there at the moment, and we'll be adding more. The next one to go on is going to be on the essential elements of a website. So thank you to Sanjeev for starting this all off. I really appreciate it. Um, You will be able to go to BRF and check out the new action plan when it's up in a few weeks time. And and I'll look forward to your feedback. But as ever, it's been a huge pleasure to be with you. And I'd love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear your comments on the show notes. And... Let me know if there are other things that I should have added to this list and forgot. And a great thank you to Danica for joining me earlier in the episode as well. So for now, that's it. And I will talk to you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Oh, 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 oh,